Greetings, Quester, and welcome to the Quest Report with Matt and Richard. And on this Quest Report, we're going to be looking at another game of Lovecraftian horror, but this time from a bit of a different angle in Fate of the Elder Gods. Now, this is a recent Kickstarter that's mm -hmm. been delivered. Uh, we've tried out the basic game without the expansions. Yes. Um, so that's yeah, what we're yeah, going to be focusing expansions on. And the, but there was also like a little Kickstarter, little extra cards that we had, weren't there? Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Um, and it had probably one of the most colourful rule books <laughs> I've seen. Especially like, for a Lovecraft game. Yeah. Lovecraft tends to be quite dark in, mm. in colours, don't it? But this is all purples and yellows and oranges, and it's just really, really funky looking. It looks like He-Man and Skeletor could be part of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah it does I've like... never seen Lovecraft look this fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it still did seem quite dark, didn't it? Mm. Even though, like, these are the um, little cultist guys that we had. So there's some, it's the yellow ones here, the yellow ones and the purple ones, and then there's red and green. And even with all these around the board, it still seemed pretty creepy, didn't it? <laughs> these, like, the, some of the brightest little uh, figurines that we've seen. I mean, the board itself is some fan has some fantastic artwork on it. It's some mm. really beautiful colours, isn't it? So it's and... kind of abstract, isn't it? It's not like it's a map of Arkham or anything like that. It is a circle. Oh, it's got a cool thing on the back as well. I didn't know that. And um, it's got a big vortex in the middle. It's got like and the abyss, the, the... Yeah, and places around the outside. And basically, we are... Um, we each take on the part of a different cult, don't we? That's right. So there's uh, it, the game starts off with dealing a couple of cards to each player. And on each one will be uh, one of the different Elder Gods that you can... Um, be a follower of. So you're using these and little choose, ones to decide, yeah. aren't you? But then... And uh, so you, you deal two out, so each person has a choice of which two they get. And then you get, as a result of that, a card, which is like your uh, player large, your yeah, player play map, map. Yeah. Um, which you'll be using through the game, which details which uh, special ability your faction has. It's got a space there for, uh, called your lodge where you put your cultists on the yeah, board where, where investigators might go to investigate you. meetings. And yeah. there's a track on there as well. So the game ends in one of two ways. Either someone will advance their uh, track from nine, sorry, from one all the way around to nine, um, and then Cthulhu appears and... and well, rules. it was when, when it, I did it, because I had the Cthulhu player mat and I managed to get the thing all the way around the outside, so... I'm sorry, the world ended last Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. It was, I was there, I was witness. Um, but then the other way is that someone can fill that track with Elder Signs. Which and, is bad. Which is very bad. And once someone's track is filled with Elder Signs, and it's surprisingly easy for that to happen. Yeah, yours was yours got quite full quite quickly, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, that player then loses, and then it's whoever of the remaining players has the least Elder Signs on their track. Mm. They will win. So there's two different ways to trigger the end game be the game best here. or the least bad. Yes. So, yeah. And I like that. Yeah. I think that's quite a nice <laughs> yeah. mechanic. I'd like... Sometimes I just think, well, you know, I'm probably not the best here, but at least I'm the least bad. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. And it's a much... It's a, it's a nicer way of saying that I've won. <laughs> I was just the least bad of the lot of it. It's, it's something humble about that. <laughs> yeah. So um, we have these, um, these little Cthulhu guys that come with it. They're like it seems to be kind of one of the weird statues that you get like in um, in Mansions of Madness, yeah. things like that. And that and will be around the, the outside. There's two of those because you you can play this uh, either solo or two player. In both of those 
scenarios, you would have both of those pieces out. But for a three or four player game, you just have one of these. And this moves around the board. So each turn, because there's the six locations on the board, plus the abyss, which is where um, your dead cultists go and, uh, yeah. when, they've, when they've used them. Um, and with these six locations, when you move the... Um, it's called the fate piece... Is it? Um, when you move that piece to that location Second by playing a, a card on its current location mm -hmm. to move it to a different location, uh, that new location's ability is triggered. Yeah. And then if you've got more pieces there than anybody else, or if you roll for a temporary control die and you get a, um, a Cthulhu symbol, which is like a mm -hmm. six... Um, then you can get use its secondary ability as well. Yeah. And that is basically how you do different things in the game. That's the yeah. main way of triggering certain effects. Yeah, because we can be a bit too specific with it. Basically, your turn is you move this guy to somewhere else and with one of your cards. That ability. And do a thing there. So basically, we are all moving this. When it was a three-player game, there's mm. only one of them, wasn't there? So... On our turn, you basically just have to move this to a different place, the place where you want to do something, and then you do something. And like you say, depending if you've got control or not, it can either be something okay or something pretty amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. and is some. We're not going to go really into the mechanics of this particularly, though there are not, not comments I want way. to make about the mechanics of it. So, for example, this action of taking the piece, moving it to a different location and triggering that location's ability. We had a bit of a kind of different views on, on this in a way because I we were, we were kind of thinking that sometimes it can be quite frustrating when you want to use a particular location's ability and Cthulhu's already there because you can't yeah. You can't use it. You have to move to a different lo location. I thought that's um, just part of the mechanic, though, and that's yeah. a way that you can actually block people from doing something yeah. you don't want them to do. You just go there the turn before they yeah. have a turn. And it's incredibly <laughs> frustrating yeah. because there was quite a few times where I really wanted to do that and I couldn't. But at the same time, I kind of like the fact that there is a mechanic that you can sort of block people. There has to be a, a constraint. I think, yeah. yeah, but I think it would be good if there was a way around that. So, for example, you play a card to... Uh, move from one in, from one location to another. Um, you can play two uh, cards with a matching symbol to make a wild move, which is the only way you can go to the other world's location apart from using the gate card. Yeah, you're getting yeah. quite complicated. Now. Sorry, <laughs> uh, and I think it would be good if, like, if you played the gate card, you could go to anywhere, including including where you were, where you you know where it's already been. Yeah, so basically, Something... if you block someone, you're making them use up more cards. Yeah, mm. I think that would be an interesting mechanic for it yeah. to use and it might be something that at some point might even be house ruled yeah if you wanted to do that in the FAQs or something or, yeah. yeah so yeah so there was that which I didn't think was too big a deal because it just seemed to be part of the mechanic yeah. to me but the one thing that I did think about this mechanic was that there seemed to be two locations that were like more powerful than the others yeah. and we were and it seemed to be I didn't know what could break us from the cycle of just going between the two. Well, um, because there was the ceremony where you could pick up a gate card and also use your special move, mm. which is pretty powerful. And then you, once you've got your gate card, you can go to the other worlds yeah. and sacrifice some of your guys to increase your summoning track. And it seemed like it was basically a race to do that the most. That track is quite a powerful way of advancing forward. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the... I think some of the 
different faction abilities feel like they're more powerful than some of the others. Yes. I don't think they're necessarily massively well balanced, but probably. But, but I don't best. think. Yeah. But then I don't think they're that disparate that play styles couldn't accommodate that. So, for example, yeah. if I know you've got a particular ability, I might just playing a slightly different style. Yeah, um, and I think yeah. you could probably negate them. It's just that some definitely seem more powerful than others. Yeah. Um, but thinking about what you just said about going from the um, Otherworlds location to the Ceremony location, the problem is, is I found this when I was playing this, you have to be able to go back to get more cultists. Yes. Otherwise, when you run out, you can still do an action, but then where you would need to place a cultist on the board and you haven't got one, mm. you end up getting... Um, two back but you also get an elder sign yeah I so think there's like it... a real penalty for for doing that so you have to keep going to the location on the board called the gathering to get more of your uh, cultists back yeah yeah there is that um... and then you need to sometimes go to the street you can... the streets of arkham is basically a quick case of messing up another player isn't it because yeah, you, you can, can go send there. investigators to raid their lodge you see one of the most interesting things about this for me is the fact that we, we play a lot of lovecraftian games and we're usually the good guys we're usually the investigators yeah this time we're the bad guys but we there's still investigators in the game and we can send them after other players yeah. that's a really interesting mechanic because you can try and mess up another another player with it's those it's almost as if those investigators are us a few mm. months ago, yeah, in Mansions of Madness, <laughs> before we succumbed to Lovecraftian horror. <laughs> yeah, there's no going back now. No, <laughs> so you kind of do have to go to um, the gathering, the ceremony, the museum, because that's where you get your artifacts, which can give you some powerful abilities. Yeah, and the library, which is where you get your cards, are all really important if you want to be able to make the other world's location really pay off. It so is. Yeah, I would say actually. They are a couple that, as you say, you could just keep moving from other worlds to the ceremony. But mm. you'd run out very quickly I and think, have to do yeah. other things. I think we had actually built up quite a few of our little guys mm. by going to the locations before that. It seemed to be more the second half of the game yeah. that me and you were racing to these places. And it was partly because of my, um, my Cthulhu ability um, that I could use at the ceremony. Mm. I think that kind of helped me to get back some of my cultists. So yeah. that that kind of helped. So, yeah, like you were saying, I think it depends on what special abilities each person has, which is going to be different each game because it is a bit randomised, isn't mm. it? But um, most of the abilities are common to everybody because they have to do with a location. Yeah. So um and Even if, there is a if a player ability, has a good yeah. powerful ability from the player map, you can negate that by your actions on the board. You can mess them up in other ways, yeah. so yeah, it can help. I think it was quite balanced what we did, and I think one of the most fun aspects of it was the curse. Because um, <laughs> there was one point where I, because of an item I got from the museum, I mean, I didn't have to use this, but it came with this curse as a downside. And we thought that was quite a good mechanic, didn't we? So it's we... kind of very much like the crossroads in Dead of Winter. If you it was, that. yeah. It's, it's, well, it's all, pretty much the exact same thing in the sense of um, Richard then, because he was cursed, the player to so player to your right, player to your left, something like that, to your right. uh, has to take a card. So that was Heather. And, and she really enjoyed like having that over my head for a long time. So every time you were going to do something on the board, it was like, eh, eh, eh. Because I didn't know what triggered this curse, but Heather obviously had read it. So as soon as I did something that would trigger it, she had to read it out. And, and it uh, does it causes an effect on you. Yeah, that's, yeah, it did. We say curse, that's what the curse does. You, uh, you're basically waiting to trigger something that's bad that's going to happen to you. Mm. So it kind of makes you think like, 
should I do this, should I do that? And they are quite bad, and potentially could even stop you winning on your last turn. It if, could be anything, if, if depending yeah. on what, what so, was drawn out. That, that was, was a really interesting mechanic. Yeah. I mean, for me, I absolutely love the art. The mm, art on the, the board great, yeah. is brilliant. It's really good colours, really well put together. The uh, the components in this, the actual cultist components, I love. The uh, the little fake pieces I like, I've got better, but I really like them and they do a good job. Let's just but, try it with this. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's too big. Well, yeah, it is pretty scary though. Uh, but the dice. The dice are amazing in this game. They are cool. Um, and you've got like different sides that'll have a tentacle. Another side will have uh, your two different, your traditional sort of HPL designed uh, Elder sign, mm. and the more modern starry one. Cthulhu the, face. Cthulhu face. That's the doozy. Yeah. That's the one you're mostly trying to get when you roll these things. But there's only one of them on each die. Yeah. Like a six. And but all in all, these are, are just brilliant. And the miniatures that come with the uh, Beast from Beyond expansion are quite nice as well so I'm looking forward yeah, to using those be a different and one of the things I like about this game is it takes a lot of the things back to more the HPL uh, design mythos so for example the Elder Sign is like the leaf type Elder Sign um, and some of the depictions of like the uh, the deep ones for example in the expansion mm. they're more in line with the depiction of them in the original HPL books like right. um you know, Shadow of Innsmouth, for example, mm -hmm. than they are in any any of the other uh, Cthulhu type games I've played. So I really like that element of it too. Mm. Obviously, that's all aesthetics. The gameplay has still got to be there, and I do find that this was a really fun game to play. And yeah. once we got going, it was really smooth, really quick. We didn't mm. have to keep thinking, "Oh, what does this do again? Let's check the rule books on this." And... Yeah, yeah. There's a a few things that were a bit difficult to get used to, but then we did after mm. a while. Like the fact that you put the card where the fate piece is mm. but you have the symbol on it that you want to move him to things like that were a little bit different mm. it got a bit confusing at first but once we got the hang of it we were just kind of putting a card down moving him and there is some depth to that as well because when you put the card down it's not just discarded it goes into a column and then you need to, you'll have cards that you can play that have special abilities um, and you need to have for example your, your card you want to um, ready and play might say we might have like a, a green a yellow and red symbol at the top of it um, but you can only use that and ready that if the active location the column of cards next to that has those colours in it yeah. and once that's been used you discard that column and you'll start again we kept having to go through the columns and see, <laughs> yeah. see whether but we could use it's something. quite interesting because you might end up thinking well I really want to be able to have this used so I'm going to move the uh, Cthulhu to a location just so I can do that Yeah, and uh, that can be a factor in where you, you decide to go so there's a lot, yeah. there's a surprising amount the more you sit down and think about this game there's a lot more depth to it and a lot more uh, strategies to the game than maybe is first apparent. One of the things I really enjoyed doing as well, because I was Ithaca, I got to place uh, use my ability and place some of these little tokens they're like freezing abilities, and, aren't they? Uh, well, they're not not what specifically. They're, they're um, winter squall. I think it was uh, something tokens. about the cold. Um, but you, but it meant that when I triggered my uh, guy, my faction's ability, I could shuffle, draw three of these, and then place them on locations on the board. And when someone went there, they were triggered. 
kept messing <laughs> things up for us, yeah. So that really was fun because I, I kind of knew what was the, in certain locations and I got to pl- put them places where I thought you guys wanted to go to and I re- really enjoyed that. So there is, as I say, there's a lot to this game. I personally would recommend this. I think mm-hmm. if you like Lovecraft, you definitely want to try this out because it's something different to the normal... Arkham Horror type games. Yes. Yeah, I love this game. Yeah. Um, like you say, it's it's a bit weird for us to be playing from the other side for once. But if you're going to do that, then you want it to be like a scary circular board <laughs> with a monster that's moving around it. And uh, yeah, basically just trying to keep away from very generic type of investigators. I mean, mm. we don't care about them too much other than the fact that they're in our way. And um yeah, just seeing it from their, from the cultist point of view for once is really interesting. And the mechanics seem to work really well. Mm. And like you say, it flowed really well. And yeah, I would definitely recommend this game as well. Turns were really quick. Mm. People, people knew what they were doing very quickly. They didn't have to think about uh, too much. Yeah, definitely one for your Lovecraft fans out there. Mm-hmm. Farewell, Quester. To find out about other productions by the Meddlesome Meeples, then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at meddlesomemeeples.com. Until next time, Quester, farewell and keep thine axe sharp.